Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Friday will be a day of pressers. I feel like that has been a common theme over the last few weeks. Joe Judge, presser. Giants fire head coach, presser. Carlos Beltran, presser. Well, we can add a couple more. Why the hell not? We will have a presser right here on the fan for Eli Manning as he will ride off into the sunset and will make his final remarks before officially passing the torch to Daniel Jones as the Giants move forward into 2020. And I'm all fired up to announce that we will have one of Eli's former teammates, David Deal, who won two Super Bowls with Eli Manning, who does the Football Sunday show with Mark Melissa's. Mr. Deal is going to join us later on today. All fired up. Very happy that he's coming on. So we'll have a lot more on the Eli angle. And I know we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about whether or not his career and his performance will be worthy of Kenton, Ohio. Is he going to be a guy that's inducted and enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And I think because of not just one, but two Super Bowl championships and two Super Bowl MVPs and over the opponent, the modern-day dynasty, a.k.a. the New England Patriots, that only enhances the achievement that much more for number 10. Eli is going to get in, but it's funny. I had a very spirited debate when I was over at SNY earlier in the day, and I love Janae Coakley. I think she's fantastic. I think she's very good at what she does. But Janae tried to make the argument to me that Eli Manning was the best quarterback of the class of 2004, and I just could not disagree more. To me, it's not even close. It's not even debatable. Ben Roethlisberger is hands down the best quarterback in the class of 2004. When we are talking regular season, postseason, combining all of that into one, how could anybody argue otherwise? Ben Roethlisberger went to more Super Bowls. Ben Roethlisberger never had a losing season. Let that sink in. The guy as a quarterback never had a losing season. Combine that with the fact That his numbers in the regular season, year after year after year, were the best of the three quarterbacks. Now, some will say, oh, Phillip Rivers' numbers comparable. This is why Phillip Rivers is always going to be ranked third amongst these three guys. He didn't win. And it's not just the idea of, oh, he didn't win a Super Bowl. No, 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 no. He did not win enough consistently. He did not go deep enough into the postseason consistently. That's why I always have Eli ahead of Phillip Rivers. That's fine. But I've heard 
A couple of people now try to make the argument to me that Eli will go down as the best quarterback in the class of 2004. No, he will not. That honor belongs to Ben Roethlisberger. Whether you like Roethlisberger personally or not, besides the point. And I do believe in the narrative that New York was perfect for Eli. I really do. Because there is no given that Ben Roethlisberger would have been able to handle a media here. That he would have been able to handle a spotlight here. You don't know. Philip Rivers, on the other hand, very much a fiery, emotional guy, but not a New York personality. Then again, you wouldn't have looked at Eli that way, but that, like, cool, calm, collective, ah, shucks demeanor worked wonders here. Sometimes everything works out for a reason. I don't think anybody in Pittsburgh is going to bellyache about having Roethlisberger as their quarterback. I know the Chargers have not won, but when you look at what Phillip Rivers has done for that franchise, it's hard to really complain too much about what he brought to the table year in and year out. And then you get to Eli Manning, and there's not going to be a Giant fan that is listening to this show who would trade Eli Manning's career with any of the other quarterbacks in the class of 2004. So I think it's important to acknowledge, yeah, who is the best. That would be Big Ben. But it's also okay to acknowledge, you know what? All three of these teams ended up a-okay. So we're going to have a lot more on the career of Eli Manning and whether or not he will find his way into Canton, Ohio. But I wanted to get to a story that I saw today, literally as I'm waking up, and I'm going through my rundown for the thread over at SNY, and I see a story in the A block, first block of our TV show, for those of you keeping score at home. Um, regarding the New York Nickelbackers. And I said, as I'm drinking my coffee, as I'm like rolling out, trying to get my day going, why in the world are we leading with the Knicks? Then I read the story. And then I understood fully why our wonderful producer decided to put them in the A block because of the story that was written by Ian Begley. And I just want to get this crystal clear. I want to make sure I'm not hallucinating by any means. According to Ian Begley, let's get this right. The New York Knickerbockers front office became disillusioned with David Fisdell. Not just because of the woeful 4-18 record. Not just due to the no-show blowout performances. But the reason the New York Knickerbockers front office was hell-bent on making a coaching change was because they honestly believed this current crop of Knickerbockers had legitimate playoff aspirations. Hold on a second. The front office of the New York Knickerbockers looked at that roster looked at that team, and had the audacity to say, you know what? We're a playoff team because we spent 70 or $75 million, even though we put together a roster that has about five power forwards that does not have a star player on the team and was a franchise that whiffed and whiffed dramatically in free agency. Who would be dumb enough to look at that Nick team and say, you know what? We should be thinking playoffs. We should be talking playoffs. If you were of that mindset and you were listening to the show, 
Unless you were drinking some orange and blue Kool-Aid, shame on you. If you're in the front office and that was your mindset, you know what? Get the hell out. Sorry. Get the hell out. How could you be dumb enough to think that roster, that team, I don't care how bad the Eastern Conference may be, is playoff worthy. I mean, if that doesn't drive you to drink as a Knicks fan, I don't know what will. David Fisdale was a bad coach, okay? I'm not trying to come on here defending him because you know what? He should be held accountable for completely mailing performances in. That does fall on coaching. Not getting something out of the young players is a knock. Then you combine that with the fact that David Fisdale was supposed to be this great recruiter when the Knicks hit the summer of 2019 that he was going to be the guy to make the Knicks a viable destination. He went 0 for 3 as far as that goes. So, you want to tell me he didn't get a fair shake? That's fine. He also did a lousy job. But it goes beyond that. They looked at this roster and said, we're playoff worthy. You wonder why the Knicks are in the position that they're in. You wonder why they're in the predicament that they're in. That is beyond unrealistic. That is as delusional as it gets. If everything shook out right for the Knicks, they're going to win what this year? 32, 33 games? Good luck trying to get to that mark. What makes matters worse for them is that they kind of try to half-ass it. That's really the best way to look at it. They bring in veteran pieces. They want to change the culture, but yet they don't develop young players. How do you expect that to work? When you think about problems within the New York Knicks, and I know everybody likes to look at the owner, and that's fair, and it's justified, and I totally get it. But when you have people in place that are incompetent, when you have people in place that don't have a clue, that don't have a vision, that don't have a plan, how in the world can you expect to be successful? And when you're going to have front office people putting together a team, yes, not putting the Knicks in salary cap hell. I'll give them credit for that. I'm going to kill them. I might as well give them credit for something. Yeah, they didn't put the team in salary cap hell. But they built this like disjointed, odd, archaic roster that doesn't exactly cater to developing young players, one, and doesn't exactly fit what the modern NBA is looking for. I don't know how you could read that Ian Begley piece and say, you know what? The New York Knickerbockers are in good hands. The New York Knickerbockers are moving in the right direction. They're not. They're still spinning their wheels. And I'm not putting all of this on R.J. Barrett. That's not fair. But what the Knicks really need, and they need it in the absolute worst way, and we've been saying this now for the last couple of years, they will not attract the big-ticket free agent item until they start developing a roster and they find themselves the sort of young, transformative superstar that's going to open everybody's eyes. That's going to be the guy that... Players around the league say, you know what? I want to play with him. And unfortunately, the way this draft shook out, 
R.J. Barrett looks like he's going to be a nice player. Do I see R.J. Barrett as a number one or a number two on a championship team? No, I do not. But there's a lot to like. The problem is there are two other guys in the league that kind of fit that description. And you're starting to see that now. One, John Moran. John Moran is going to win the Rookie of the Year, and he's going to win it going away. He is electrifying. He is exactly the sort of guard that you really need in this modern-day NBA. He can break you down off the dribble. He can hit the outside shot. He's going to fill up the stat sheet. One of the more fun players to watch in the league. But then you get to the sensation that everybody's been waiting to see. And we talked about his debut yesterday. Zion Williamson. And you could make some fat jokes if you'd like. I know there's a good sentiment of people that are like rooting for Zion Williamson to fail. Because they're sick of the hype. They don't like him at Duke, whatever the case may be. Think about what the buzz would have been if Zion Williamson was playing last night at Madison Square Garden and he was making his NBA debut. The buzz would be off the charts. He's becoming one of those must-see items in the NBA. Yes, he's got to hit the outside shot consistently. Yes, he's got to work on that jumper. And he's got to show you he can stay on the court. But over a 20-minute spurt, he gave you one of the more electrifying spurts that we've seen in the NBA this season. Tell me you wouldn't like that at Madison Square Garden? I sure would. Until the Knicks find that sort of player, until they get a front office in place that is not going to be delusional, that is not going to be out of touch, that is not going to be putting together a set of unrealistic expectations, you're going to continue to get these years where it's late January and there ain't much of a reason to sit down and watch a New York Knickerbocker game. The team is god-awful. It's not like you're watching a bunch of young players flourishing and developing and learning to win. No, it's miserable. It's another year where you're saying, where are the Knicks picking in the lottery? Who are they going to get in the lottery? Can they finally get this right? Well, reading that article, not that I was feeling differently when I woke up on Thursday morning, but it only enhances the idea of a massive, and I mean a massive, house cleaning that needs to happen for that franchise across the board. And yes, the owner is still there. I know you can't get rid of him. Getting guys who have a clue and not the cat with nine lives, Steve Mills, would be a nice place to start. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. 
He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.